We are so honored that you chose to join us for this week's message here at Hope Church in Kalispell, Montana. It is our desire that you will be encouraged and challenged in your walk with Jesus. Be blessed as you join us for this week's message. You guys are in for a special treat um, today because you're going to get to hear from uh, one of our own in-house here. Uh, Marty Corpla is our women's ministry director, uh, our she women's ministry director, and she is just an anointed, um, gifted, passionate woman of God that has an amazing message to kick off our Unto Us Christmas series this morning. So would you do me a, a, a favor and give a big, huge Hope Church welcome to Miss Marty Corpola as she comes and she brings the message this morning. Man, I'm ready. Are you ready? I'll tell you what, this morning has been a whole workout. I think sometimes when it's like this, I'm like, man, I should just wear my running shoes. Because, like, you have to kind of be in shape to, like, get the move going. And, wow, I just love what God is doing. I just feel to build on it, actually, this morning. He has set a table for us. Amen. He has done it in his beautiful way. I'm having a wardrobe malfunction here. Got to make sure the front row girl, am I good? <laughs> Apparently, I had a button that was open this morning, and yeah, we'll leave it at that. So, all right. I'm actually going to get right into it this morning. Would you close your eyes for a minute? Let's just pray together. Father, I thank you that you have prepared a table for us today. And Father, we want to sit at that table, and we want to eat of the food that you've prepared for us. So, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing and what you've yet to do in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll tell you what, I love, I, I was listening to Pastor Lance talk, I love our church. And it's really true. Like, we were all in the, in the middle of high praise and it was like incredible. And I, I'm, I'm looking at the smoke. I'm thinking, whoa, like it's happening. And literally someone in the Grinch suit just walks on by as we're worshiping. And I'm like, I, I love the presence of God because he's real. He's so real. And we get to be real. And that's what this message is all about. So go ahead and put um, Isaiah 9 on the screen. I'm going to read to you verses 2, and then I'm going to move into verse 6 and 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Verse 6, for unto us. Unto who? Unto us. A child is born. Unto us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Somebody say, amen. Yes, and he will be called, and I love his royal titles, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. What a promise. 
What a promise. This morning I'm going to talk a little bit about that first royalty title, Wonderful Counselor. And we're going to unwrap it a little bit. And, and as I was preparing, you can go ahead and show that lovely photo. As I was preparing, this is what was happening. And it just kept on happening. And I'm like, Lord, direction was going everywhere. And I paused in that moment, and I, I heard the Holy Spirit say this, remind my church of why I came and how I came so that they can understand why I am their wonderful counselor. And you see, I can tell you all about what that means, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but it's just going to be words. It's just going to be another definition if you don't really understand how wonderful counselor applies to us and how we can go to him and how we can trust him with his divine wisdom and counsel. I wouldn't go to a marriage counselor that had never experienced issues in their marriage. So if I don't understand the purpose of the birth of Jesus Christ, it's going to be difficult for me to approach him with my questions. Because I know he's king, but does he really identify with me? During this time when Isaiah was writing this, the nation of Israel at this time was facing foreign invasion, national trauma, disaster, and despair. It was a nation shrouded in fearful gloom and deep darkness. Not so different in our nation and in our world today. All of the weight of the transformation of Israel and the ultimate deliverance of the people that God loved rested on this little tiny baby that was born in a barn, laid in a manger, a feeding trough. And I was telling the first service that if I was God, which you all better thank God that I'm not, <laughs> but if I was, just bear with me for a moment, and the nation of Israel needed to be delivered and restored and transformed, and the people that I was sent to were in deep darkness, and that needed to be dealt with, I would probably send a mighty warrior, a strong man of war, like a giant of a man, with weapons of mass destruction, probably top technology weapons, and that he could annihilate the enemy like that. That tells you a little bit about my personality, but we're not gonna go there. But that was not God's way. He wasn't going to send somebody like that. He was very intentional and strategic about why he sent his son in the way that he did. Our wonderful counselor was born in obscurity. He was born in secrecy. There were no guards, no media press. His arrival was unglamorous and unsanitized. The Christ child was actually born on a hit list. The enemy was obsessed with taking him out ever since his arrival on earth. You see, there was a purpose attached 
to that little baby. And there was a destiny. And the enemy knew that because he was also familiar with prophecy in scripture. And so he set out to do everything he could to discover where that baby was so that he could totally take him out and kill him. And so for the early years of Jesus' life, he was a child on the run with his parents. He didn't settle in some palace. They went from place to place so that they could not be detected. Now that doesn't sound much like a great deliverer, does it? Except I want to bring this home for a minute. How many of you have felt displaced? How many of you have felt like your life has gone from place to place to place, never really settling, wondering why it is that nobody sees you, nobody really knows you, and yet you feel the weight of the call of God on your life but you just keep moving in secrecy in the back alleys and God is positioning you here and there anywhere but where you feel that he has called you to. Do you not think that there might be a strategy behind that? And there's always twofold. There's the work of the enemy to sabotage the call on your life. And then there is the times when God hides you away so that at the appointed time, he moves you to the forefront. And had Jesus been glamorized in his birth, had everyone known about it, had it not just been the shepherds, had it not just been the wise men that found him, but had it been this massive announcement and everybody on planet Earth had heard about this, he would have been exposed and revealed before his appointed time. And that was not the plan of God. Why? Because for 33 years, this royal baby that left the splendor and the beauty of heaven put on an earth suit of flesh like ours. And he walked the earth. And he lived as a human. He knew what it was like to be tired. He knew what it was like to be hungry. He knew what it was like to feel grief. He knew what it was like to be rejected. He knew what it felt like to be betrayed. He not only understood you from a human perspective wearing an earth suit, but he identifies with how you feel. Understanding that humanity is hungry and actually going through hunger pains yourself are two different things. Jesus did both. He did both. I want to read you from Isaiah 5.3. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. Definitely not popular. He was despised. And we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But, 
and somebody said, I love the big butt of God. This is one of those moments. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. Church, the glory of Jesus' birth had nothing to do with his surroundings, had nothing to do with the atmosphere or the present circumstances. The glory of the birth of Jesus Christ lay in what could not be measured by mere human understanding. The endorsement of who he is and why he came has everything to do with him leaving his kingdom and putting on a flesh suit like ours. It was never, ever about riches or his endorsement about riches. It was never, ever about poverty the fact that he was born in a barn? No. The endorsement of the Christ child was that he left his kingdom to not only deal with the darkness in the world, but to identify with you and me. His purpose was twofold. And that to me is so absolutely beautiful. He understands what it's like to be you. When I think about the Christmas story and how we present it, it's always packaged so nice. And I love that, but it's kind of not true. It's kind of like the Christmas song we sing, Oh Holy Night, about the birth of Jesus. I don't know how many of you women had Oh Holy Silent Night because there was nothing silent about giving birth. Nothing. And yet we sing a silent night, all is calm. There was nothing silent and calm about birth of my kids. I'm going to tell you right now. And there is nothing sanitary about the Christmas story. And I want to paint it to you in such a way that you understand that the glamour and the gloss and the glitz of what's presented to us during this season deters us from the truth of this incredible mission that Jesus had on his life, a mandate to free us all, that he was brought into a lowly, stable, un sanitized, dirty, a barn, in a feeding trough. That's how he came. And that was all strategic. All of it was strategic. And there are places in our lives, and I want to I want to go here because I felt the Holy Spirit moving during worship and when Pastor Lance was, was up here. There are rooms and places in our lives that are like that barn. It's not sanitized. And we want to do everything we can to sanitize ourselves before we approach the Father so that we can somehow have it all together. Well, I'll tell you, that is not truth. 
When we come before the Father, there is no sanitizing wash your hands in your face you come as you are because he came where you are as you were that's him and he wants to invade every place in your life that's not sanitized because only he can come in and do what's needed and I love that about Jesus that he doesn't hold the bar up here and say Unless you do this, 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 and this, you don't have access to me. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Before we knew him, he knew us, and he made a decision. I'm going to come to earth as a child in an unsanitized barn, and I'm going to lay down everything that I I'm familiar with the splendor and the beauty of heaven and I'm going to come and I'm going to make a way where there seems to be no way I'm going to reach a people that knows nothing about me but I'm going to willingly lay it all down this is the Christ child this is the Christmas story and this is why it's so important to remember that it there's dirt there's mess and this is why he came. A people lived in great darkness. We live in great darkness. We live in such deep darkness. And it's the truth of the light of Jesus Christ that's going to pierce that darkness and make way for his rule and reign in your life. Amen? So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about wonderful counselor. How is Jesus wonderful counselor that we can approach? The dictionary definition says... One who counsels amazing things. A wonder of a counselor. Can't really expound on that. The human definition, usually when we talk about a counselor, what do you think about? You think about a therapist, somebody we go to when we need help. He's my counselor when I need him. He's my counselor when I have a question. He's my counselor when I hit those moments where I can't take another breath and the tears don't stop and I am broken. He's my counselor then. Heaven's definition. Wonderful counselor. Jesus transcending human understanding and revealing the mind of God on our behalf giving us counsel and strategy from his perspective, all the while understanding us from ours. That really is good. I'm going to read again. I want you to get this. Wonderful counselor, Jesus transcending human understanding and revealing the mind of God on our behalf giving us counsel and strategy from his perspective, all the while understanding us from our perspective. Who, Jesus. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And as the heavens are higher than the earth, 
so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts so good is so good we can consult him every single moment of every single day imperfect as we are why because he gets us because he is acquainted with all of our ways he doesn't wait for us to get it together he gets us where we are right now and the enemy would like to tell you that you need to have it all together before you can share your story, approach the throne of grace, walk into fullness, walk into wholeness, walk out your gifting, that you've gotta wait until you get it together because right now you're not good enough, you should know better, you grew up in church, what are you doing? And on and on and on and on and on. And he would like to remind you of that every single single day. Well, this morning, I'm here to bust that lie in the name of Jesus, because Jesus Christ came to set you free and to show you a better way that he accepts you today. He loves you today. For unto who was born? For unto us. I have access to the Father. He's not just somebody else's. He is mine. He's mine. He's my personal God. He knew what it was like to be rejected, to cry, to lose a loved one, to have grief and sorrow. I want to come to him for wonderful counsel. Because he alone has my best interests. He's the only one. He's the only one that willingly gave up his life for me. Why would I go anywhere else for advice? I've done that most of my life and it didn't serve me well, I'll tell you right now. I've seen counselors and therapists and God bless them, they're necessary and they're needed in the body of Christ. But apart from the word of God, advice is just advice and it won't sustain you. It's not about behavior modification. It's about transformation from the inside out. And Jesus Christ is the one who's our bedrock so that we can have that transformation and live it out without cycling over and over again with our addictions, with our struggles, with our pain, with our heartache, with our depression. Jesus Christ has come because he identifies with you. He feels you. He knows what it's like to be you. That changes things for me. That means I can come to him anytime. It's not that my tears are something that he sees and he wants to comfort me. No. He sits with me in my pain. He understands my grief. And because of that, he has the rightful title to wonderful counselor because that's what he gives us because he loves us what's our responsibility in all of this there's no better response than the one that Simon Peter gives in John 6 66 verse 69 I think it's on the screen and I know somebody pointed out there's 666 in there. Just forget it. It just so happens to be. Jesus had been preaching and he had been 
talking about who he is, that he was the bread of life. And he was, he was teaching his disciples some hard and difficult truths that were really like with, with, with our human understanding and the way that he was saying it, some of the imagery was very disturbing. So from this time, after he spoke like that, many of his disciples, they actually turned back and they didn't follow him anymore. And then Jesus says, wow, and ju just imagine the Son of God with this question looking at his disciples. You don't want to leave too, do you? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. And when I, I read this, it hit me so hard. To be asked a question of this amazing Savior you don't want to leave too, do you? Would you change direction and go somewhere else? And that my response would be, oh God, where else would I go? Where else would I go? You are the only one that has the words to eternal life. Wonderful counselor. The one who has the only words to eternal life. That is powerful. And we have access to this God 24-7. And while he was familiar with tiredness and fatigue on earth, in his heavenly realm, that didn't exist. Because we can come to him in prayer when it's daytime or it's nighttime, and then when we go to sleep, it's going to be daytime somewhere else. And, you know, he's, he's always on. But when he came to earth... And he identified with us. It was different. And yet he willingly did so. It is our responsibility to consult this wonderful counselor every single day. Spending time in his word is one way. Spending time in prayer is another way. Spending time with other believers is yet another way. But we'll never do any one of them if we don't crave time with him, the one who gave it all. If we don't crave him, the things I just mentioned will only be something on your checkoff list. And more than any of these things, although these things in and of themselves are really important, he wants us to know that we can just approach him and desire him and crave him and that the lid that Pastor Lance was talking about would be lifted off because he's not somebody that we would be afraid of and cower and say, oh God, but that we would know that in our unsanitized space, in our humanity, that we are loved and we are wanted, and he draws us. He wants us to know that this morning. 
what do you need to give the one who gave it all? I'm going to ask the worship team to come up at this point. What gift can we give him? The one who gave us everything. The one who's familiar with our brokenness, our sorrow, our depression, our sadness, our addictions. He gets you. What can we give him this morning? I know that we're kicking off a brand new series, but there's a couple of things this morning that we can kick out and allow in. There's some things in our life, if we're really going to walk out this Christmas season, which is all about living a life before God that is abundant on good days and on bad days. Let's settle some things today. Let's come to the table that he has set for us this morning. Our wonderful counselor can be trusted. And that's a big statement. And I don't say that lightly because trust has been a hideous thing in my life. When your heart has been broken and you've had abuse and your, your loved ones suffer because of it. It's difficult to just open up your heart again. And yet I can tell you this morning that by the grace of God, I'm able to stand like this, sometimes like this, but I can stand knowing that he loves me and that I have a purpose, and I have a plan, and that is to bust open every lie of the enemy that holds you captive. I don't live my life worried about what you think, what you like, what you don't like, whether you like my leather pants or my red shirt. I don't care. I don't care. I used to care. I used to be tremendously bound by that. I used to hide from people. I'm serious. But I'm a free woman in Jesus. I'm free today. I'm free. I'm free. I'm so free. I can wear my leather pants and my heels. Come on. It's good. It's good to be free. It's good to be different. It's good to be you. It's good to be you. As we close, I want you to think about what you can give to Jesus today. And I, I pray that you will not leave this place without encountering his embrace. We've got prayer people and we've got altars that are open. And as Pastor Lance said, there's so much faith in this house that it really is a season to rejoice and give him thanks for what he's going to do in your life. This is not a season of depression. This is a season where we focus on the King of Kings who came to identify with you and give you wonderful counsel because he is God, because he is God. I want you to stand up. 
I want to speak this out over you. I'm going to turn it to Pastor Lance because I believe the Lord wants to do something. And I don't want you to miss this moment. But not only is he wonderful counselor, he is our joy. He is your peace. He is your bright and morning star. He is your deliverer. He is your healer. He is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. He is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. He is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, our peace. He is Jehovah Tiskanu, the Lord, our righteousness. Demons tremble, hell gets nervous because Jesus has come as our soon and coming king. I got news for you. He's not a baby in a manger anymore, but he has his rightful place and he is coming back with eyes of fire, with hair of wool, with a scepter of righteousness in his hand. And he is coming as rightful king. Would you open up your heart to him this morning? I want you to lift up your voice as we go into this worship tag and I want you to give Jesus everything you have just the way you are and let him do what only he can do. Thank you for joining us for this week's message at Hope Church. If you enjoyed this message, you can easily support this ministry by going to hopechurchmt.com slash give. Also, follow us on social media at Hope Church MT. Thanks again for watching and have a very blessed week.